Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly biography show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of successful people and the ups and downs of risk-taking. Connect with Carrie through her candid, funny, informative, and always encouraging weekly blog. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Sun Gray. My guest today embraces her gift of gab on her cleverly named website, lisafishersaid.com. On her About Us page, she even boasts of being suspended twice in high school for talking too much. This gift afforded Lisa the high school label, Most Talkative. She later parlayed this gift into a long-running career as a media personality on TV, radio, and now a podcast. While attending college at the University of Arkansas, Lisa found a place for her voice as acting spokesperson for her sorority and MC for Razorback pep rallies. After college, at the mere age of 23, she landed a job as an afternoon talk show host on an AM radio station. With a face and a smile to be seen, she picked up part-time TV reporting and hasn't stopped working, growing, and learning since. With a career in marriage that started in the 1980s, Lisa has been seen and heard for decades. She likes to call herself the queen of Arkansas media. But what you don't know about this woman that looks like a picture of health is that behind the scenes, she suffers. Yes, she suffers from a litany of health problems. Like everything in her life, She has used this strife to motivate herself into becoming a certified integrative nutritional health coach. Today, Lisa has blended her broadcasting chops into helping others on her podcast, Lisa Fisher Said, where she interviews other health experts and shares lifestyle tips about her newfound wellness experience. It is my great pleasure to welcome to the table the TV pitch man, journalist, author, future podcast and YouTube sensation, yes. and certified integrative nutrition health coach, Miss Lisa Fisher. And I thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I was shocked to hear that you had chronic health problems. You look like a picture of health. And I'm not just saying that because you're pretty. You. Thank you. You look like a picture of health. So tell our listeners about some of this stuff. Well, first, I need to go back kind of to my history. Um, a lot. Of, have you read the book, The Body Keeps the Score? Everyone needs to read the book, The Body Keeps the Score. No, where's my pen? Okay. Well, you, pen it'll be there. in your show notes, as we discussed earlier. That's correct. <laughs> we'll put this in the show notes. <laughs> That's but a good idea. In The Body Keeps the Score, Carrie, we understand that the body doesn't forget. And I grew up in a very tumultuous household. My biological family, my beautiful red-haired mother, who was the first Miss Junior New Orleans, who was the cousin of Van Cliburn, she was a redhead. That's why you're so pretty. You had a beautiful mother. I had a beautiful mother and a very handsome father who ran around with Rodney Dangerfield in the 50s and 60s. That can't be good. I know. A mess. Right. So a lot of addiction in my family. My mother and I moved from Newark, New Jersey to New Orleans when I was a little over 10. And a lot of drug use, a lot of physical abuse. I was sexually abused at a young age. And those things, the body keeps the score. And sometimes we see that those people have high ACE scores, adverse childhood experiences. So I have a high ACE score and that kind of set me up for a lot of health issues, but I've reversed all of them, but one, and this is the vitiligo. I still have vitiligo. Uh Uh-huh. That I'm now reversing through the carnivore diet, which we can talk about. Tell people what vitiligo is. You vitiligo me. is what Michael Jackson said he had. It was the white splotches, but it's not your whole face is done. He probably had something to enhance that. But I have white splotches all over me, my face, you arms. You know, it's kind of pretty. Well, you In say a weird that. Way. It's I know, but when you want to wear shorts, people ask if you've been burned. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> it's not the most attractive. So with that, I have had to work really hard to reverse what nature may have set up for me, meaning my environment, my circumstances, probably the food choices I made for years, and um, I reversed it. So I reversed all those conditions through an intermittent fasting lifestyle, the way I eat. I have a very healthy marriage. Those things 
contribute to who we are now. It's our relationships, uh, a belief in a higher power. It's community with really good people. It's a fulfilling life. It's the food that's on our fork. And in my, and what I think I know from science, it's the amount of hours in the day that you're releasing insulin. And we can talk about that in a minute. ACT. Say what that meant again. It's ACE, Adverse A-C-E, Childhood A-C-E. Experiences, that high ACE score. Mine was like, mine's like seven or eight. It's and really ten high. Is, ten, it's one to ten. Ten, yeah. And so people with higher ACE scores have earlier death, have... Um, higher probably uh, addiction problems oh for sure addiction problems I mean on and on and on but definitely more health problems because mm-hmm. um, you, you you internalize it that's right that's right How, when did they first start deciding that that was part of people's health problems I think in the last 10 years uh, people in that field may have said it was earlier but that's why uh, the body keeps the score kind of addresses that and now uh, community health members, especially with children, are seeing that children raised in poverty, raised in addiction, foster raised homes. foster homes, abuse, anything that's unstable, they often have a high ACE score. Or if a parent's in prison, you have a higher ACE score. If you have uh, definitely addiction, abuse, these those kind of things. So do you have addiction problems? Did you I have to struggle with that? Never. Not a thing. Seems like a child either goes one way or the other. I they, agree. They either... You probably don't even drink a drop, do you? I, I might. Darren's here maybe once a month, and I don't even I don't even care. It does now. I I talk too much. You know that's my addiction. No, is talking no, that's too much. a good thing. <laughs> Lisa said that's a good thing. Thank you, thank you. But I I've not battled that. But every biological member of my family, even the people who adopted me. So my mother overdosed. Adopted you? Yes, I was. My mother overdosed when I was twelve, in New Orleans, and the Gibsons in Dermot had to take me in for a few days how um, old were you 12 oh, right. 1975 because i'm 60 i turned 60 recently i hate telling it but it's i mean you can do the math i'm proud of it thank you so um the gibson family adopted me i changed my name i had a jewish name i was raised in a jewish home i was lisa kaplan and so the gibson so i was lisa kaplan gibson for a while when i was growing up but it sounded like i would say lisa k gibson they thought k was my middle name and so then I, when i was in tv and radio in the beginning i was just lisa gibson and then i got married when i was 25 in 1988 so i was lisa fisher my son's name is gibson fisher so i named my children after so what's your uh, your given name my given name was lisa ann kaplan k-a-p-l-a-n and then you became gibson then i became gibson and, and now, now you're a fisher. fisher right only one marriage but a lot of last names <laughs> How long did you live with the with the adopted family? They adopted me when I was twelve, and so I went to college at eighteen. And stayed they, with them the yeah, whole time. They adopted me right after. I mean, it was a tough decision for them. My biological father was still alive, but because of his addiction issues, he could have never raised me. So both my mother and father were both addicts. His was more alcoholism. Did your mother die from the overdose? Yes, she died from oh the overdose. Oh, my gosh. Was drink- she was a redhead, and redheads are more sensitive to chemicals and things. And she was drinking wine and taking, back in the 70s, they used to give Darvon for a painkiller. They don't anymore. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Darvacet, Darvon. Yeah, it's in that same family, mm-hmm. I believe. And so with that, it just, she overdosed. She either, either had a, an anaphylactic reaction or... To, to, you know, drunks are sloppy. They don't know how much they've been drinking. They run to the medicine cabinet. Oh, I have a headache. My mother did have a broken toe. She took the pill, and um, we, you know, we, I don't want to be insensitive. We say she woke up dead, meaning what the decisions you make can affect you so immediately and it affects all the other people around you. So, Do you have any brothers and sisters? I have a brother who is 16 years older who is still in New York City. So I was... We had 16 years apart. My mother had four or five miscarriages before she had me. She had me at 36, which was 36 or 37, which was old then. Yeah. Now it's not. And so Lisa in Hebrew uh, meant God's gift. And Aww. so I was the apple of her eye. Aww. They divorced when I was very young because of his addiction. And then my brother, um, by only biological family member I have, moved from the city, moved because I was in Newark, he was in New York City, moved out west, and he died about 10 years ago, and I only found it through an Ancestry.com link. My, so y'all didn't stay connected? N- no, we were 16 years apart, so when my mother died, I did call him, you know, he was thir- you know, 28, I can't do math, Darren, everyone knows I can't do math, I was 12, he was 16 years older, what is that, 28? Yeah. So he was 28, he was in New York City, I mean, he couldn't take care of me, my biological father couldn't, so the Gibsons and Dermont just said, we'll just come down here. Well, he's, is he, was he angry at your mother? Not at all. Actually, um, he, so I became a Christian in college. He actually became a Christian in 
probably the 70s in New York, and that was during the Jesus movement. So we all thought he was a Jesus freak. We mm-hmm. we didn't have anything to do with him, really. He was like a weirdo. Cause, but see, I still embrace my Jewishness. I love the Jewish people so much. I um, I love, I got an Ancestry.com update yesterday about my, you know, I'm 50% Ashkenazi Jew. Oh. And so I, I love the Jewish people so much. But you've become a Christian now. That's right. I'm like in that Jesus was a Jew who mm-hmm. believed in himself. Right. I am a, I still have a lot of Jewish tendencies and love for the Jewish people, but I believe Jesus is the Messiah. Um, did your dad, I guess your dad's passed. He passed about um, at 10 years ago. Actually, he, he lived had, a long time. Well, we think he had. So Ashkenazi Jews have the Methuselah gene. Mm, right. You know about that? They live a long time. Mm-hmm. They yeah. smoked and drank, didn't have a tooth in his head, <laughs> st- still worked out every day, still went to the gym. Uh, then Jews often trek down to tr- try to get to Florida. He stopped in Atlanta. So a lot of Jews are in Atlanta. <laughs> so I saw him about 16 years ago on my way to New York to meet. I had to have a half-sister in Manhattan who uh, had a red-haired mother, a different red-haired mother. Oh, so, he has a type. Mm-hmm, so we looked a lot alike. He had had an affair with her mother for her birth. We were about a year apart. She's in advertising in New York City. What? Very similar. Isn't that funny how DNA is? It really is. I know. So um, he did live to, I think he was about 89. Smoked and drank. His father lived to like 94. Smoked and drank. They were all alcoholics. Yeah. So that's, and they all had type 2 diabetes because what alcoholism can finally do, it pickles your pancreas. It mm-hmm. it damages, it, it's it damages your organs and you have glycation which is something we all want to avoid in what we do every day it's an aging it promotes aging and so it ages it pickles your organs so he and his brother and my father and his brother and his father and his great grandfather all had type 2 diabetes from being alcoholics wow and that's something that's a lot in five minutes i know girl <laughs> i've got more i'll take a breath I swear, yeah. <laughs> Darren knows. I'll take a breath in a minute. Talk about your uh, your inherited or ACE symptoms that came from having a, this ter- turmoil childhood. Well, you had thyroid problems, yeah. mm-hmm. Hashimoto, mm-hmm. swallowing, autoimmune. Yeah. I guess irritable bowel. I don't yes. know. Yes. So it started kind of in the GI department, which a lot of people do, just stomach ache. You know, when I was young, stomach ache. That's living in anxiety and in trauma. Um, a trauma response is often stomach ache. Yeah. So had the stomach ache, even with my mother, my biological biological mother, whom I felt so safe with, but it was unpredictable. When you have an alcoholic at home and you're mm-hmm. the only child, it's so unpredictable. You don't mm-hmm. know if you're going to come home and she's going to be drunk or mm-hmm. she's going to be dead. Yeah, or, right. Or she's going to have a man there. Who did find her? My cousin and I. Um. Came home from school. My cousin had been ringing the doorbell saying, your mother's not answering. Well, because I had to be the mother when Uh my mother Mm -hmm. wasn't capable. Mm -hmm. So I had to close my my mother had broken her toe. I'd closed her bedroom door and unplugged the phone like an adult. Remember, we used to have to unplug our phones Mm -hmm. and our our landline. So they wouldn't ring. So they wouldn't ring. And I did something else like turn maybe the fan on higher so she would sleep better. Because that's what I had to do. What an adult. I was the parent. I made my lunch that morning. I saw her in bed. She was probably had already passed that morning. We think at 5 a.m. I let myself out, latchkey kid, went to school in uh, Gretna, which is a suburb of New Orleans Mm -hmm. on the West Bank. And my cousin and I found her that day. Were you born in New York? I was born in Newark, New Jersey, right across the river. Oh, right. I got So you you came in, you found her. And you go to live with the uh, Jewish family. Well, and no, when the, does your stomach Not the start Jewish family. The, the Gibsons were Gentiles. Um, I, I, my mother died on a Tuesday, and by Friday I was in Arkansas, a state I'd never really heard of, definitely to a city. Why Arkansas? Because that's where the Gibsons lived. My cousins lived there, and that's who came and fetched me. Said, that's why they said, come here and stay with us for a few days. And I never left. So they adopted me. So they were in Dermot, Arkansas, the Gibson family. They were prolific in the legislature, and they were lawyers. So a lot of people remember Senator Mutt Gibson, Senator Jack Gibson. Bynum Gibson was head of the Democratic Party. My father was the man who adopted me was Charles Sidney Gibson. His brother was John Frank Gibson, who is the prosecuting attorney. My hmm. brother Chuck Gibson's a lawyer. My so s- where did the Jewish part come in? My biological family, Frank Kaplan. My roots, my actual biological okay. Boy, family. Boy, she talks fast. I'm fine. I know. <laughs> it's okay. my New Jersey Jew comes out. That's right. This is that's you right. are. That's I good. I like it. So uh, so we're back to your health problems. Thyroid, Hashimoto. 
What is that? Hashimoto's is the most common thyroid disease. Most people with a a dysfunctional thyroid often have the autoimmune condition with it. And so it just means your thyroid is attacking itself. When did you find that out? Um, That was about 20 years ago. And I'd been saying something was wrong for a few years, but because Mm -hmm. I am energetic and I use my hands, and I'm still funny even when I don't feel well, (laughs) that when I would talk to a doctor, they would say, well, I think you're depressed. I don't think, I think your thyroid's fine because the test they did is not the test that I recommend. And what it, test is that? It, the test they would give you is the thyroid stimulating hormone, which if you think, if you're constipated, cold, your hair falls out, your nail split, you lose the outer third of your eyebrows, you lose so much hair, your libido's low, you do have depression symptoms, you, mu- you will have constipation. I had all those symptoms and they said, well, you're depressed. And my husband would say, you're not depressed, but you're the most tired human I've ever known. Right. I took three naps a day. I was homeschooling my children. I would get yeah, up. Yeah, that's a whole nother crazy story. But that's go ahead. a whole nother crazy story. And I did it for 15 years. So I would get up. I would get them started. I would take a nap. I would do something else. I would take a nap. His mother had stage four cancer, and he said she had more energy than I did. So I would tell doctors that, and they'd say, well, that TSH test, which is not the comprehensive test, now we know. You need T3, T4, TSH, complete thyroid, uh, your thyroid antibodies, complete thyroid panel. Uh, but with that, it took four years to get diagnosed that finally, when the one doctor, I went to an endocrinologist, which I don't really recommend. I like functional medicine doctors better. But I went to a functional medicine doctor who palpated my thyroid. And then I said, I have vitiligo. And he said, you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And I went. Oh, is that part of it? Mm-hmm. Often. Often people with. Um, How does a functional medicine figure that out? And the, what, what's, the, what's the specialist? Yeah. Well, and not. And that's what he's well, supposed to do? So endocrinologists are kind of the accountants of the medical field. They look at teeny tiny numbers. And if your number doesn't fit in there, oh, well, it must be something else. So I, the journalist in me, that's one characteristic of a journalist is we're the ones that dig deep and ask why. Mm-hmm. How do we get here? Curious. Yes, curious. Extremely curious. Yes. I'm extremely nosy. So I was always the girl in the front row of even college classes going, I've got, I've got a question. Yeah. Yeah. I annoyed everybody. So, uh, <laughs> but with that, I, you know what? I remember that girl. No, right. <laughs> she was so annoying. So with that, that's the person who finds out what's wrong. I didn't take that. When that doctor finally said, you do have an enlarged goiter, that means the So nobody can see that if it's enlarged? I've seen pictures and I was like, where were y'all looking at my feet? Yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> that's know. Just you—that's that thing about you got to advocate for yourself. Fight, kick, scream, go back, say it again, say it again. I tell people all the time. Change doctors. Change, and I did. I fired a lot of doctors along the way because I started doing the research. My husband said I would read my thyroid books like a murder mystery. I would turn the page and go, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> did you see this?" And he'd go, "Lisa, it's a thyroid book." <laughs> Okay, what about the swallowing issue? So that's a very rare condition that anyone listening, uh, even family practice docs won't know much about it, but the GI docs will. It's called achalasia. Sometimes it's achalasia, depending on where, what continent your doctor's from. My sweet Indian doctor would say, you're achalasia. But my American <laughs> doctors called it achalasia. Right. So it's a rare swallowing disorder where the lower esophageal sphincter, we're uh-huh. going to go into a little anatomy. Uh-huh. So when you chew, you swallow, you have... It gets stuck right here? It gets keeps getting Lisa, stuck. you and I are so much alike. God, I have that weird, 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 weird. It's weirding me out. Yeah. <laughs> Except Poor for thing. I did not have any kind of yeah. traumatic, traumatic. Well, uh, uh, yeah, to a lesser extent, perhaps. But no, no, my parents similar. were father knows the best, but, it, but physically. But, but we it are. doesn't have to just. That's the thing about adverse childhood experiences is one thing. But if you have any trauma, maybe running a business, or if um, you lose a spouse at a young age, or a child, you know, or you live with an alcoholic, or you live with an alcoholic for thirty-two years. Mm. <laughs> so much unpredictability, as you know, with alcoholism. Yeah. So that could spawn some health issues because the way we stuff things. So this rare swallowing disorder, she's raising her hand like we can't see her. <laughs> she's so cute. This rare swallowing disorder, I'm the first case that he's ever seen reversed. You're the first of a lot of stuff. I know. So Doesn't that, that make you happy? Well, it just shows that, <laughs> what it shows me, Carrie, is that your health the name of your health condition does not define you. Even your cancer. I'm sitting with someone yeah. who no longer has cancer. Darren over there. Darren. 
and he takes such good care of his health. Does he still have to have scans? Does he still have to look at what his blood work's doing? Absolutely. But he is working hard every day. And so that's how I want to encourage people that you are not that diagnosis. And in many cases, you can reverse them. 90% of the common diseases right now are from metabolic disorder. What's that mean? That means if you're if you are not metabolically fit, you can be thin and still be metabolically unfit. Yes. So it's called tofi, thin on the outside, fat on the inside. You could have visceral organ fat. You could still have high fasting insulin. You could have high blood pressure. You could have um, cholesterol panels kind of still there's a little bit of an argument about the cholesterol panel but there are other yeah. things you can look at to see if you have are metabolically fit I'm in the 12 percent of people who are metabolically fit I say that 12 percent of 88 percent of the people are metabolically unfit 88 percent of us are unhealthy is that Meta- metabolically unfit what is that not the same word for unhealthy and well on the it is but wait a minute wait a minute we get criticized because then we say we're fat shaming well, i'm not fat shaming you you can be thin and be oh. metabolically unfit but if you are overweight that shows you have glycation and inflammation and you have you have some of the markers of being metabolically unfit i know that metabolically unfit, unfit. and that's just a I like that. That's what doctors are Is now that why measuring. Everybody has uh, irritable bowel, leaky gut, that's gas, gosh, whatever it yes. is. Everybody has. It's all I see on TV that's all right. the time is Viagra and uh, irritable bowel. That's right. Viagra is another story. Viagra, your your complications with erectile dysfunction could be because you're metabolically unfit and you have high fasting insulin and you are insulin resistant. That causes erectile dysfunction, but no one tells you. The Amy Beards of the world do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Amy Beards say, well, let's let's go back and say, because Amy's a friend of mine, let's go back and find out why are you sick or why do you have this condition? So I went back, and that's what I did with mine, and I reversed some things. I changed my diet. A lot of Hashimoto's patients stay off dairy, gluten, soy, eggs. I can tolerate eggs and dairy, but I have no wheat. I try to have no wheat in my diet and no soy in my diet. So you do have to work hard. And here's the deal. I don't want to take a pill for an ill. I don't want to take anything. Mm -hmm. I do have to take thyroid hormone replacement. That's not a pill. It's replacing the hormone I make. And I do take bioidentical hormone replacement therapy because I'm 100 years old. And (laughs) when you're over 40. Except I just turned 60. (laughs) Except I just turned 60. I think this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Miss Lisa Fisher, the queen of Arkansas media. Today, she has blended her past public career with her new one as the certified integrative functional nutrition coach. On her podcast, Lisa Fisher said she interviews health experts and shares their combined knowledge, experience, and solutions for chronic lifestyle diseases. Still to come, identifying and navigating the 21st century health concerns that we've already been talking about a little bit, free integrative nutritional tips, and the business of podcasting. It takes commitment. It's harder than you think. We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the Internet and rebranded her company as simply FlagandBanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger. Since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine, Brave, and in 2016 branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcast. In 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years, and more recently opened a satellite office in Miami, Florida. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags, the flagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Miss Lisa Fisher, who you've seen and heard from for, for years as a radio personality and a TV pitchman. Today, she is a certified integrative nutritional health coach, sharing her newfound knowledge on Lisa Fisher Said podcast and website. 
So before the break, we talked briefly about you homeschooling your kids. And before we move on to all this healthy stuff, I just got to figure out why in the heck anybody would want to do that. <laughs> Let me tell you, because uh-huh. I wanted to be the primary influence in my kids' life when they were little. And you like school, don't you? Um, I like learning. You do. But I, my kids are smarter than I am. So we did get to a point where my son, one son's in, one child's an engineer. Um, he was by first grade, you know, he knew what a parallelogram was. That's what he would go. I don't even I know, know what that, that is. <laughs> what is that? It's, it's a shape of something. I don't know. <laughs> and if math's involved, I really don't know. But I like learning and I wanted my kids to see this is what it takes to have a healthy marriage because my husband is in medical sales. So he's in and out, you know, we could travel. Um, I liked that we could sit on the sofa and do things together. I liked um, I was still doing some radio and TV for people when, you know, I thought I'd retired and I, I didn't, but I would still, if I had to shoot someplace, we'd pack up. We all went to the casino and, you know, Mississippi one time we all did, you know, we just, it was fun to do stuff together. I'm glad that's behind me. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about what you do, what you do now. What is a functional practitioner? Is that what you are? I'm a functional medicine or in, integrative nutritional health coach. So I saw you t- didn't put the word medical in there. You said certified integrative nutrition health coach. The omission of the word medicine. That's right, because I have not had any medical training. And I make it clear, my attorney wanted me to tell you that this is not medical advice. Anything, I, Any advice I give you. But people meet with me to say, what can I do to maybe help me wean off my metformin? Help me fit into my um, high school genes again. And I don't talk about dieting. Dieting hasn't helped us. We're the fattest we've ever been as a country. Yeah. If 88% are metabolically unfit, there's a lot, of, a lot of those people are overweight. So I help you figure out what is it that is derailing you. Is it the fact that you're eating seed oils? Everyone get rid of the seed oils. Go in your cupboard right now. Throw away the peanut oil, the safflower oil, the sunflower oil. They're industrialized seed oils, and they're killing us. They promote glycation as well. We talked about glycation. What? Everybody talks about grapeseed oil and bad, stuff. Bad, 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 bad. You know what you need? There if, is so much alternative facts. Well, this is what I want you to do. Follow the money. Who's telling you to eat the grapeseed oil? So the American Heart Association has been bought and paid for by the canola oil producers. So guess what they say? Canola oil's healthy. Everyone in the health space, Amy Beard, Mark Hyman, um, Max Lugavere, Ben Bickman, J- Jason Fung, all these people that I revere will all say, Throw it out. This is what I say. If God made it, eat it. I have pork lard probably every day. Me too. I eat lard. So it was the only thing you. that agreed with me, and everybody thought it was nuts. No, because it's the it's what your body needs. I eat beef tallow if you can find it. It's hard. Coconut oil is fine. Avocado oil can withstand high heat. It's but it's but it's processed. Well, but people are saying it's not an industrialized seed oil. So there's some, and I don't know where we split hairs on that, and mm-hmm. I don't want to, but because mm-hmm. I don't want to get that deep. I just know I've thrown away all the other stuff. I really don't eat out at many restaurants, and if I do, Darren and I are going to lunch, I will ask to cook my food in olive oil or butter. And you tell them this is what you do. You say, I have an allergy, and they think <laughs> you're going to need an EpiPen. Yeah. The kitchen comes forward and says, ma'am, what can we do? And I say, no canola, canola oil, just butter and olive oil. And they say, yes, ma'am. So my parents ate margarine because that's what they were told that's to what do. They were told. And they both had heart disease in their 70s. Thank you. That's the point. I eat lard and butter, and I don't have any heart disease. I, I have bacon every day. And I'm almost day. 70. Well, you are beautiful. Thank I, you. He hasn't told she, you lately? No, you just know all the right things to say. She's, oh, a, yeah. she's, right. she's a performer. Yes. <laughs> she does have her good hair today, she does and have it her looks good really good. <laughs> Um, think about your grandparents. There were great grandparents who ate. Yeah, that's on the exactly farm. what I think. My husband's grandmother, she smoked even, but she had pork lard every day, and she lived in '94. She had bacon every day, lived in '94. Well, you can process it. It just kind of goes through me. I mean, I don't mean like literally, but yeah. I mean it's not like it's sitting around. It's like not well, heavy and, on yes me. and i'm not, you know because sometimes people push back and say well you know processed foods do you eat the cow from the backyard i go of course not he mm-hmm. goes to the butcher but i do get my cattle my cows from as many local farmers as i can find that helps your local community it helps 
helps the businesses here that we want to help and it's best for your immune system you want to eat the cows that graze on uh, something that helps your microbiome because they may be out in Perry County or they may be up in Moralton. My, my guy, the McNeil Farms, is in Moralton. Lisa, you should be a doctor because you can memorize all those words. The whole time I'm listening to your podcast, I am writing down vocabulary <laughs> words and having Don't. to go look them up. Don't. And you are talking to doctors and nurse practitioners yes, all, the time. Right. all the time. And y'all are talking those same big you know, five-syllable words. What's the difference between a nurse practitioner and a doctor? That's great. A nurse practitioner does not go to medical school. He or she goes through nursing school, and it's almost like her doctorate. I mean, someone may say, well, there's a doctor of nursing, but she can, he or she can write prescriptions, except in Arkansas cannot write controlled prescriptions, so couldn't probably do a painkiller. Mm-hmm. My son-in-law is a physician assistant, which is pretty close to a physician, and so he can write uh, controlled prescriptions he could write painkillers because he's an ortho the thing is as we know medical schools are also bought and paid for by the big drug pharma companies. And drug companies yeah. right so with that you're hearing what they learned and amy beard will say doctors are great at the math and science of writing the prescription mm-hmm. but they don't teach them anymore to go let's think let's figure out why you're sick let's go find out what their ace score is that's and right let's, let's find find out what they're eating what their relationships are like um, are you getting sunlight? You need to be getting sunlight every day. Mm-hmm. Every I heard day. you say you sit outside twice a day. Yes. I get up in the morning, and I get something to tell my brain to make morning cortisol. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of energy. To make my morning cortisol that gives me energy. And it also sets my melatonin for 16 hours later, so about 10 p.m. at night. And then as the sun sets today, the rays are different in the sunset as they are in the sunrise. Yep. So as the sun sets, I will try to get – I just go out there, look, try to get it in my retinas – tell my brain how how long 15 minutes five minutes in the morning and evening a few i mean i would say andrew uh huberman from the huberman lab does like 15 or 20 minutes in the Mm -hmm. morning that's hard for a lot of people to do Mm -hmm. so if you can just set the signals for your body to make the morning cortisol and the evening melatonin go out there for three or five minutes walk the dog have your coffee 16 16 hour space is what you want to do so if you want to go to bed at 10 you need to sit outside in the morning at 16 hours before that Mm -hmm. and And do you have to expose your skin or or is it all about your eyes that's retinas in the morning and evening but then i try to increase my vitamin D because what did we tell people during COVID get if you have vitamin D you high vitamin D you're not going to have a problem with COVID so mm-hmm. my your vitamin D most people's vitamin D <laughs> except for redheads have higher vitamin D but most people the redhead uh, people uh, non-redheads in the west their vitamin D is like 25 to 35 which is almost deadly so mine's 55 but I work hard it's like a job for me mm-hmm. I go outside and I make sure that I have no sunscreen on and uh, for 20 minutes. Do you believe in sunscreen? I do not use it anymore because the well, most of them were taken from the market because what? They cause cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, I know. So for so you know what? If I get a brown spot, I got Dr. Bruce Sanderson down here at six six four five one one nine, and he'll zap speed dial. Yes, if he'll zap a brown spot, if I get a brown spot. So you don't do? Is there any kind of sunscreen that's not cancerous? Yes, there are. There are mineral based ones now. But I just don't use them because if you have a sunscreen on, then you're not getting vitamin D. If I worked out in the outside, mm-hmm. then I would think about it because, yes, you can get, you can get skin cancer yes. if you are out there. And redheads. Overexposure. Be, that's yeah. right. Redheads are more susceptible to that because they we don't want anyone sunburning. Mm-hmm. But you and I in our coloring, we can actually tolerate. That's my Russian Jewish you know DNA. are you not real pale or are you i'm actually olive? very olive oh see i'm real pale so i actually have a, oh. a more tendency to have skin cancer than okay. him because of my dark hair and light skin <clears throat> you just look like because you've got that because skin of the light that's right <laughs> but when i was a teenager i had a tan because i was outside all the time i had a tan so um on your podcast you cover a wide range of medical solutions for what many of our guests or for what many of your guests call chronic lifestyle diseases i love that new term kind of like i love the term you did earlier about uh metabolical metabolic syndrome or metabolic disorders and stuff yeah metabolic disorder is going to be my new catchphrase along with um chronic lifestyle diseases so let's go over some some, for some solutions and some stuff you do i think this is one of your favorites that you started in 2017 and it's intermittent fasting fast versus feast how do people start why did you start 
Let's talk um, about it. My son, my engineer son, came home from school, and he was um, an engineering student at LSU, but he also played intramural sports. And a lot of the intramural guys were doing this intermittent fasting to get cut. And we were about to go to the Olympics in 2018 in Rio, and a lot of the Olympians were doing this intermittent fasting, which everyone thinks, well, you're starving yourself. And Gibson, my son Gibson, my big name, came in and said, no, it's not about starving yourself. It's actually, it's, you're either in the fasted state or the fed state. He started explaining some of the things of autophagy, which is a magical cellular cleanout. But when he came and sat down and told me about it, I said, if you're telling me this because you think your mother needs to lose weight, you won't see your 21st birthday because he was 20. (laughs) He said, no, I'm telling you because you like all things health. Because I've always been a health student. Yeah. And I said, tut, tut, sit down, tell me more. And he just said, it was the day after Thanksgiving in 2017, he said, it was 6.30. He goes, well, don't eat again until tomorrow at 12.30. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, drink water, black coffee, unsweetened tea, sparkling water, still water. What about my stevia? Nope, it stops the fasting process. And once I start understanding that your weight issues are not about calories, it's about how much insulin you're regulating. So your, your brain has your hypothalamus, which is kind of your endocrine epicenter, and it tells your body to either burn fat or burn fuel. And so right now, I haven't eaten since 4 o'clock yesterday. It's been almost 20 hours since I've eaten. <gasps> Do I have energy? Am I? Am yeah, I yeah. I've, I've, I did a five-day fast last summer because my GI doc thought he saw precancerous uh, adenoma in my colon. It was not. But I did that to thwart off any cancer cells. It might be trying to grow. It was trying to grow, but it wasn't. But all that to say, I did it. I didn't love it. I don't. And again, this is not medical advice. I'm telling what I have to do to mitigate my health concerns. Again, generations of type 2 diabetes in my family. So Gibson was explaining that once insulin is released, you're in fat storing. So even if you drink that Diet Coke with how many calories? Zero. But it has flavor, so your body has to send out insulin to usher glucose to the cells. The minute it does that, you're in fat-storing mode. So I reduce my fat-storing mode hours to about four to six hours a day. That's all you eat a day, four to six hours? Yeah, but girl, I eat well (laughs) because I'm a a carnivore. (laughs) Yes, I do. I'm I'm meat-based in what I eat. And so yesterday, the last time I ate, yesterday at lunch, I had a ribeye steak at lunch and two eggs. And then at a, that was like at noon. And about 4 o'clock, I had some bone broth because it has a lot of fat and gl- all the wonderful things for your mm-hmm. skin. I wanted to have that. And it had, I had some eggs and a little chicken for the protein. And then I was done. Like, I'm not on a diet. I'm mm-hmm. the same size I was in my 20s. I don't have a fat stomach. And I'm not criticizing anyone who does but if you do, if you look down and you have a stomach, it's a hormonal imbalance. And not just your sex hormones. It's insulin regulation. It's ghrelin. It's leptin. It's peptide YY. It's, so you are hormonally wired to eat and to stop eating. My hormonal wiring hasn't even told me to eat yet. I'm really not even hungry yet. I'm, I could go 24 hours. I, go, I eat when my signal tells me. And then I stop. So many times during the middle of the meal, stop and go, can't eat anymore because my hormonal wiring is like a red light and I can't eat anymore. So I eat well in that time. Do I drink out? Al- if I drank alcohol, I would do it in that time. If I ate desserts, I would do it in that time. I just don't, I get full so easily and I'm trying to eat. Do you eat based. desserts? I did last week. I had a little surprise party for me. And so I had the delicious cake from D's delicious gluten free. That was not um, and that did have wheat in it. Sometimes I, if I really have a hankering, I'll go to Dempsey and get something. But I eat it within my feasting hours. And then you mean I, if I start di- feasting like or fasting like this, you think I could go back to eating gluten? Probably not. Gluten um, is so inflammatory. It kills me. Mm-hmm. I miss pasta. Good well, pasta. Now have you done the ancient grain pasta? I don't know. There is gluten-free pastas that I get. They're not great. They no, break apart not. and all yeah. that. So there's an ancient grain. Oh, I'm writing this down. Yeah, ancient grain. My wheat. my coach. I told you you'd get free advice. <laughs> so ancient grain. Ancient grain pastas and see if you can tolerate that better. Um, so you're also big on hormone replacement therapies. Yeah. A saliva test? Is that how you do it? How do you get that? So you can go to your health care provider and ask for a blood test just to see what your 
because your insurance company will third party pay will come in and pay for that but then if you want to dig a little deeper there are saliva testing and there is now the dutch test it's the dried urine test for comprehensive hormones that you really pee on a strip four times in a day. I sent mine off last week because I am 60. I have been doing bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. What's the difference between that and regular hormone? Drug company, synthetic. Mine's made just like my body. Does your regular doctor give you? I have to go to a nurse practitioner who has this belief. Some will tell you to leave their office if you come in asking for it, which is wrong. The customer should be right as a physician. You should accommodate. Just as as COVID was so divisive, I remember one physician saying, you know, I'm all for the vaccine, but if you come in here and you don't have it, that's your choice. And that's how I wish doctors had, that's the old timey doctor who said, oh, that's what you've chosen. Great. Mm -hmm. So with that, I have look for a provider that does bioidentical hormone replacement therapy in your for, like early uh, 40s late 30s a woman starts going through perimenopause mm-hmm. where her progesterone starts to dip mm-hmm. you wake up at 3 a.m that mm-hmm. so that progesterone is nature sedative so i've been taking progesterone since i was on the radio which was mid 40s because i was even though I was getting up at 345, I was getting mm-hmm. up at 245 or 3 with mm-hmm. progesterone. So that, I've been doing that since mid-40s. I've done the, now I do testosterone and estradiol bioidentically. It's it's made close to my body, like my body. It's not made from horse urine, which we know, Premarin and Prempro and the other things. That's Those what are, I take, horse urine. So you're saying I take horse urine? <laughs> I'm saying, yes, you can look oh, it up. Horse urine, yes. Stop. I, help. I don't want to run out of today's show. I want right. to talk about that. Before okay. we move on, though. IV infusions. That's my new thing. I am into IV infusions. Are you doing them too? I really did this week. Me too. I did the <laughs> NAD Plus. Have you okay, done the we NAD Plus? we got to start hanging out together. I know. We are the same person. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm surprised you don't just like see each other at the clinic all I know, the time. right. I did the NAD Plus this week. <gasps> I was going to ask. I haven't done that, but I saw that. And tell our listeners what NAD is. So NAD is something your body makes. It has a fancy term to it. And you lose it as you age. When, so I did an infusion Monday because I knew on Tuesday I had TV commercials. So I still do TV commercials for Ron Sherman out on I-30. He's still looks like he's 30. I know. I mean, amazing. So I I don't love reading a teleprompter. As you can see, I'm much more off the cuff. I'd much rather riff, right? Uh-huh. But I have to say words and they want me to say. Uh-huh. So it's really hard for me to focus. And so I did my NAD plus to help give me the energy and focus I needed because I knew I wasn't going to eat before I did it because eating makes you sleepy. It does not give you energy. And so you have the most energy in the fasted state. So I had my I had my bag of NAD plus and she put in vitamin D. She put in B12. She put in C and uh, glutathione. Mm-hmm. Those are things I really, really love. And it took about two hours. I had my device with me, just worked while I was there. And then I woke up like this. So does the NAD have to be written by a doctor? Well, it's just they have to find it, and you can use injections. I am intramuscular is an option with NAD, and you can even, I even bought some, a supplement of it, Mm -hmm. and so I'm just trying to do a supplement at home. People act like it's a really strong drug because they use it to help with drug addiction. That's right. If you have a very high dosage of it, it does help with addiction. But a lot of chemo patients, in fact, there was a chemo patient at Revive Lifestyle Medicine. She does all my hormone stuff and my uh, IV. Um, she was there, a lady was there for three days getting eight-hour treatments for three days of NAD to help her get through the chemotherapy. Wow. All right. You talk about the childhood uh, ACE, the childhood uh, uh, trauma. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, So what about using uh, MDR, eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing? Do you believe in that? Did you do it? I didn't do it, but I know people, whatever gets you through your trauma, um, that's why my belief in a higher power has helped, having a good relationship has helped. I really was set up to have a broken picker like my mother my mother uh-huh. ma- was married twice both dr- one was an addict one was an alcoholic one killed himself oh god we l- didn't even get to that yeah she had a lot of bad boyfriends <laughs> all right I, we're getting close to the end of the show i want to talk about podcasting so let's take a quick break because a lot of people are interested in podcasting you know uh it's the new it's a great medium it's a great medium but it, it's hard to make money at it so oh, yeah. <laughs> Right, I know. <laughs> right? Everybody thinks, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to make millions no. of dollars. No. no. It's mm-hmm. a lot of work. Don't we know, Gray? We've been doing it since 2016. We you have, a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're early adopters. I'm Look always an early adopter. I've been blogging since 2004, y'all. My blog goes back so far. You really... <laughs> 
<laughs> you were the Moses. I mean, on the <laughs> tablet. Mama Moses. The Moses Man. of blogging. Mama wow. Moses. All right. I want to tell everybody we're talking to Miss Lisa Fisher, a certified integrative nutrition coach with a longtime career in broadcasting who today has blended her media knowledge with her wellness knowledge in a podcast called Lisa Fisher Said. And honey, she says a lot. I've watched it. It's great. She interviews great people. When we come back, we're going to talk about the business of podcasting. We'll be right back. Have you got your tickets yet for Dancing into Dreamland 2023? It's coming up soon, Saturday, February 11th, and we've got some exciting changes to announce. Pool Boy will be back as MC of the event, but this year he'll be joined by Will Trice. The lineup of acts is stellar as usual, and the various dances and routines are going to be judged this year by Brian Earls, Christine Pitts, and Joey Lauren Adams. All contributions from ticket and table sales go to the restoration of the Dreamland Ballroom. There are still sponsorship opportunities available, too. Go to dreamlandballroom.org to find out about sponsoring or to buy your tickets. Save the date, Saturday, February 11th at Dreamland Ballroom, downtown. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Miss Lisa Fisher, known around the Mid-South for her media chops on radio and TV. Today, she is a certified integrative nutrition health coach, not to be confused with a medical doctor. That's right because her lawyer says to say that and <laughs> she's right. a podcaster at lisa fisher said i love the name of that where she and her guests talk about solutions for chronic lifestyle diseases my new catchphrase i'm going to start using it all the time chronic lifestyle diseases because lisa and i look like the picture of health but inside what are we doing inside rough waters well <laughs> rough I've, waters but i've i've righted my ship i'm about to write i am constantly trying to write my ship so now we're going to talk about podcasting okay. uh so podcasting is so much harder than people think um it's hard to make money it's a l- very time consuming um, well look at darren i just do an i just record an hour and he does all the heavy lifting that is exactly right <laughs> The yeah, heavy, a lot of heavy lifting. The, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it, it, you know, now you say that you just do in one hour. You do the research on those people. You have to have your interview questions together. But Don't see, act like you're not over there doing that before. There's a difference in us. I learned from Larry King something that I've never forgotten. He said, never read the book before you have them on. Never do too much research or you already know something because then you have knowledge that you think, well, the audience knows. So I try. I have an I am very inquisitive, so I have an interest. I use no notes. Darren can tell you. I've never had a note. I know enough about my topic because I want to be like a child asking. I want to be new. So tell me about, you know, glycation. Let's say I'm learning about glycation, which is a cellular process you don't want. Or tell me about, and I know enough about it that I like to volley back and forth. But that's my personality. That's the kind of radio reporter I was, TV a news reporter I was uh-huh. I didn't do too much because I assume the people at home know about what I do and they're wondering why didn't you ask the basic question you don't do that no because, not and, at all and you're wired I'm exactly the opposite yes, you're wired differently I spend three days learning about you listening to your podcast oh well thank you I noticed that you are doing it every week I do I have a new person every week every week yeah that's tough mm-hmm. I guess it's not if you don't do any research I would have to just give up my real job no that's where you make your money well it fizzles out really quickly for a lot of people yeah it does yeah. I think the average Darren didn't we find out in the beginning the average length of a podcast was like nine episodes yeah and, and then they quit <laughs> is that right yeah and so I've been doing it weekly how many am I up to 150 100 30, 40 something. Yeah. So I do it every week faithfully and we're booked up for months and I love it. Uh, One thing that I think before we wind up is you said we can turn off what you have turned on. Diet controls your symptoms. Lower your inflammation, food sensitivity, irritable bowel, Mm -hmm. autoimmune. What is Franken food? Franken foods are the ones that are highly processed, highly palatable foods that are made in a plant that your body does not recognize. That's but what are they? Highly palatable. So what I tell people, remember you're hormonally wired, Carrie, to eat and to stop eating. So your hormonal wiring would tell you this twice this baked potato is delicious with bacon and cheese and butter. You would never go back and get seconds because your hormonal wiring said 
you're full. Right. But you could eat what? An entire bag of Lay's potato chips. God, I could. Because it doesn't signal the cholecystokinin that tells you to stop eating. Those are highly palatable foods made with industrialized seed oils that are killing you. All right. uh, If you were going to start today, it's the last thing. If you were going to start today, what would be a favorite thing that or a easiest thing that somebody should start with stop eating from sun up to i knew you were going to say that fast yeah reduce the amount of hours you put a flavor on your tongue um so i would say if you could go to an eating schedule of fasting for 16 hours eating what you want in that window for eight hours and then each week kind of 16 hours yeah skipping breakfast just skip breakfast i always skip breakfast then you're faster so since i've been learning about you i uh always thought I was I, I naturally don't eat I eat early and I naturally don't eat till 10 o'clock that's Good. just me but right. I get up first thing I do is have coffee with cream and sugar in it so you stop the fasting process I didn't know that till I watched your thing that yeah. you can't do yeah. that yeah. And so today the last two days I have been having black coffee Blech. It's and. bad, yeah. <laughs> Some people put salt in it and they whirl it up. I'm just not a coffee drinker, and that cuts the bitterness. Darren, you yes. do black coffee now, don't you? You finally it takes a couple of weeks. But can't you do 14 hours? So I do 14 hours without even trying. Is that good enough? That's great. That's a great start. Do you want to prevent dementia, type two diabetes, and cancer? Yes. Then pedal to the metal. 16. At least. <gasps> I love your flags. Mixing doubles over These here. are your flags. Thank, Thank you for coming on my show. Thank you. I'll that put these new, in my podcast now. I'll put that's them in what I was bag. thinking. Yes. This is New Jersey, Louisiana, and Arkansas. Oh, I'm going to cry. Yes. That means so Ta-da. much to me. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I was thinking you could put that in your podcast, he's too. Gonna, he's going to take my picture. <laughs> so if you're, if you're listening, I just gave uh, Lisa a desk set for her for her desk little four by six inch flags mm-hmm. i love it on thank a stand you. you're thank welcome. you for recognizing my new orleans my louisiana and jersey roots that's what good research does that's where i suck yeah. i would i would just get the i would just get the american flag and forget where they're from but you do the research so i'm very proud of the hard work you do in your thank podcast thank you thank you very much let's stay let's stay connected and talk more all okay. right um wait one more thing i right. do need people to know if you haven't seen me in person or carrie in person people think sometimes i'm carrie mccoy i think that's so funny that is such a compliment it to me. started when tracy douglas my friend interviewed you in 2006 because she came to me and said i just met your twin she uses her hands like you do she throws her head back and laughs snorts you know <laughs> and her name's carrie mccoy and she, she kind of looks like you and then through the years people have said it and i told you the story and i told gray that i was at me and mcgee market and this lady ooched over to me and she goes are you carrie and I said, no, I'm the other white girl that has loud with fair skin. It's not <laughs> Renee Shapiro. I'm Lisa Fisher. And she goes, dang it. I'm Susan. I was her neighbor. Do you remember Susan, your neighbor? Yes. Uh, yes. Well, she moved away. Yeah. Oh, she did? Well, something. Yeah. I hope she's still alive because that was the summer. And people, you know, have you seen? People are dropping dead. Uh, yeah. That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. In closing, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening. And we know you've heard something that is funny because Lisa is funny. Because Lisa Fisher said it. Because Lisa Fisher said it. And whatever it is, we hope it will help you up your business, your independence, and your life and your health. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Open Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio show, and choose today's guest. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, email me, Gray, that's G-R-A-Y at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream.